starting, like, tell me in, in very brief elevator pitch, you know, what what do you do to help men become champion leaders, you know, with God, for God? How does that work? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I believe everything starts with vision, Jackson, right? You know, I mean, uh, I've I heard that. You, you know, know, I'm a believer. What did Helen Keller say? You know, the only thing worse than not having sight is not having a vision. And so I, I feel that the first thing that I feel is my superpower, it's the it's the gift that God has given me is to be able to, you know, sit down with a man and, and figure out where he's at. But more importantly, be able to figure out where he wants to go. And most men, that's a struggle. You know, that's that's a big struggle to really because they're they're trying to create a vision or a new life based upon where they're at or all the the negative and the things that they've struggled through, right? And so, you know, I just believe that being able to help them create a new vision for their life, you know, where now all of a sudden there's excitement and now we back that vision with the right strategies and the accountability and, and really, you know, that's what, what I'm all about, man, so. That is so powerful. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, hey, what's up? And welcome into another show of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum founder and CEO of First Class Business. Whoa, let's fix this so you can see the logo a little bit better. Let's get my vanity on this. Just kidding. Um, anyway, the uh, the opportunity I have right now is to talk to Kurt Tucker. And Kurt Tucker and I, I'm just going to tell you right flat out, we are both super, super strong believers. Um, so there's a lot of faith injected into this episode. My hope is that if you're an individual who uh, maybe doesn't enjoy the woo-woo stuff, um, you know, or the spiritual stuff on, on life that you still strive to catch the principles out of what it is that we're talking about, because principles are universal, regardless of people's religious backgrounds. And this is going to be primarily principle driven from my side, I think. And if you can make space in your heart to open your mind and to just allow yourself to see from other paradigms, who knows? Maybe this can change your entire perspective. Uh, so I'll bring Kurt on in just a minute. Before I bring Kurt on, I also want to talk about some of the tools that we utilize, resources that we have, people that we work with, and in the form of our sponsors. One is the Wellness Shop. Now, some of you who've been on the show have met Sean Lechuga because he's also on track to become not only a strategic partner of mine, but also a potential equity partner here at First Class Business. And Sean has this program called the Wellness Shop 365, and him and his wife, Juliana, have dedicated themselves towards helping people with their holistic health. And that goes on right along with our mission at First Class Business of holistic growth for entrepreneurs. It's not just about wealth uh, in terms of being financially set, but also making sure that we're finding balance in life and taking care of our health. I love their family. I love what I've learned from them. So if you do decide to try to, to join us on Vision Pros and you submit your application, one of the people you might talk with before you actually talk with me is Sean himself. And I've let Sean know very clearly too, our number one priority at Vision Pros Live and First Class Business is to take care of, is to do its best for the person that we're serving. And if that means that wellness in terms of health is even more important than the show, he has my 100% uh, not permission, endorsement uh, to, to help people, to say, hey, I can help you on this. Um, and at the same time, uh, he's, not a, he's not a pushy individual. He knows how to invite people. What you just saw on your screen, if you were watching, if you're not, you might tune in, is part of the rebranding process we went through in helping him uh, shape the future of his logos which become, and his brand identity, his core values, mission statements, et cetera, to help lay a better foundation for them to build their online assets on. Let's move over to the law spot. The law spot is is by the founders Melissa Gray. She's an attorney and she's building a legal program to help small and medium sized businesses. Uh, when I say she's building, she's a practicing attorney. She's very successful at what she does. What really strikes me about her though is her nurturing nature as a mom, but her nurturing nature in terms of helping people understand legal without condescending at them or without pressuring you and without the need to make you feel like, when am I gonna get hit with this $1,000 bill for this two minute conversation? Um, her ability to 
attract the market at large helped us to see like, wow, this, this lady has got some amazing depth to her. And she's also been a lot of fun to work with and build things out with. We've been talking lately about the business ownership information uh, that goes along with the corporate I don't remember, Corporate Transparency Act, I think it's called, but there's a fine coming up for anybody who doesn't submit this new paperwork to the government of $500 a day, I've heard. Again, I'm out of my territory when it comes to that stuff, but connected her with a couple of CPA friends of mine so they can start working on, all right, what are the legal ramifications of this? What else is going on? How serious is this? How easy is this to accomplish? Um, it seems pretty easy, but people are going to need to know about it. So just another couple of plugs for you visionaries out there in terms of what things you might want to be getting ahead of going into this year. Then there's the water project. We are so blessed. I am so blessed to be able to grab this bottle of water that took me all of, I don't know, two and a half minutes to go get from my kitchen. Um, right. And then in the other side of the world, there's millions of people who don't have access to clean drinking water, but there's amazing programs like the water project. The water project shows us which communities need help to get access to clean drinking water, how many people in that community will need it, what it's going to cost to fund these projects. And you get to see the progress as it goes once it's funded. Um, if you decide to fund an entire project yourself, God bless you. If you only have the ability to promote a project, you don't have the ability to contribute financially, then don't underestimate the power of your voice or the power of the share button. You never know who's going to do what with that. And uh, it's, you know, it's a miracle for us. Those of us who don't have to think about water, uh, I would love to see you guys help out with that. Now, last but not least regarding that, if you have another cause that you'd like to see supported, please don't hesitate to drop that in the comments. We'd be happy to take a look and see what causes you're supporting out there. Without further ado, I want to welcome my new friend and vision leader, Kurt Tucker. Welcome, Kurt, man. I'm happy to have you on the show. Man, I'm excited to be here, brother. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Founder of Champion Builders. Man, just, oh, I love it. You were talking to me right before the show. You started to mention that you're going to reach out to Tess of the Water Project. Do you mind diving in? What do you mean by that? What's going on? Yeah. So a, a couple of years ago, uh, as I'm building you know, my marketing company, uh, I work with gyms all across the country as my, my other main business. And I went to, to my brother, who's my business partner. Uh, my wife and I have had a vision for a long time uh, because when I was building our, our home that we live in right now today, I'll, I'll give you the backstory. Is uh, we were living in a rental for about six months while our home was being built, and I remember having to go and get water every single day. You know, at this water place, we'd have to fill up these big five, you know, gallon drums and take them to the house, put them in the water thing, and uh, and I remember one day complaining about. Uh, having to carry these big old five, you know, pound drums of water. And, and really God just checked me. He said, you know, son, man, you're so blessed. You're building this brand new massive home and all these different things. But I want you to think about, you know, the, the mom that has to travel miles every single day and put her and her children at risk of being attacked by animals and raped by, you know, different, you know, people. Mm. And he said, you know, after this home is over, I want you to build a water yard. I want you to, you know, and I didn't know exactly what that meant. And I think there's a teaching point in that right there that, you know, Jackson, sometimes when God calls us to do something, he, yeah. he's not asking us, you know, necessarily to know how exactly it's going to happen. He's just asking us to be obedient. And so, you know, sometimes I like to say we don't know we don't need to know the how, but we need to know the who. And so I did some research and I reached out to the water project and got aligned with Tess and, yeah. uh, and said, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I want my own project. You know, we're going to fund it. And I did have a few people that kind of pitched in to help it. And we built a water uh, a project uh, in, uh, I believe it was Uganda a couple of years ago, funded the whole thing, got to see it from start to finish, which I think is so incredible. Woo! Just to be able to think of how many thousands of people that are are being benefited, not only from the clean water, but once again, how we're protecting those women and those children from those things that happen, you know, to them that I really don't even like to talk about. So, so now, you know, really our goal is to be able to continue to do that uh, amongst some of the other ways that we love to give. And so uh, when I saw that uh, you're partnered with them, I thought, man, this is my kind of guy. So uh, nah, I appreciate that. I do got to clarify, I don't have a partnership with them, okay. but I do promote them. 
Um, and we we were working. I was actually working. I believe the person I was working with was Teresa. Um, it's been a while now. And we got in the process of putting the partnership into place. And there was there was new legal ramifications yet again of certain thresholds that had to be met sure. in order to do reporting certain styles and all that. It got a little complicated. And I was like, you know, um, I just I can't focus on this right now, <laughs> building what I'm building, but yeah. I will continue to support. And if I get in trouble someday, I'll take my slap on the wrist um, and we'll keep going. But you can't slow me down from helping. Um, so there was that. But it, no, great, great organization there on the ball. Um, and it was it was fun to see. I do. I'm going to share something real quick because you, yeah. you nailed it. Check this out. So you, you hit something hot, right on the head that I hope people, you know, pick up what you're putting down on this, this lady right here, her story mm. of going looking for water, you know, like I would have a hard time on the path that is ahead for her. Yeah. That's crazy. She's got sandals. You know, you can see how she's carrying this. You can see what it's done to her body. Yeah. from having done this for decades. Um, like, it, Oh my goodness. We are so fortunate uh, to be in the situation that we're in. And again, we have the capacity to give back and help in these scenarios. And so I don't, I don't look at that with an, with an awe in it of, of like, wow, this is cool. No, it's a, wow, how, how humbling that is, you know, to, to understand that somebody sacrificed their entire life doing that. And I have the opportunity to step up. Will I, will I, or will I not? It's, it's my opportunity. So moving into your vision, though, um, you've got a lot of people you're helping in the world in different ways. The audience of listeners, I know there's a lot you can do for them. What's your vision for those that you serve? Yeah, I mean, Jackson, I, I just believe God's vision and, and the mission that he's called me on is, as I like to say, to love and encourage and empower people to become the champion leaders that he created them to be. Um, I believe that, you know, there's two definitions to the word champion. There's the one that is where we if we have an athletic background, we know it's it's to to work towards that vision, that ultimate goal, being the best at whatever we do. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. as a husband, as a father, as a leader, that, that's my ultimate mission is to be the very best to serve my family. Right. To help us win and create what I like to call the champion life, which is a life of abundance and freedom and victory where we're winning on every single area. But then there's the the dual definition of champion, which is to, you know, fight on behalf of other people, to be a defender of of their purpose. Right. And uh, and what I found is that, you know, many men, pretty much all men need a champion in their life. You know, that was the game changer for me, you know, over a decade ago was you know, one guy came into my life and helped me get clear on what my vision was, my mission, my my priorities. And that was the absolute game changer. So now, you know, having that vision to just continue to pay it forward, but do it at an even higher level to impact a million men. Because I know when I impact a million men, it's not just men, it's it's their family, it's their community, it's their church, it's generational, right? Uh, and so anyhow, man, that that is the ultimate vision for me and why Champion Builders exist uh, and everything that I ultimately do every single day. I love that. Now, I, I, you've are, you just impacted me in a big way. And a lot of times it's the simple things in life that we overlook. Um, you know, we, we don't catch what's being put down right, put down right in front of us. And so you talked about the dual relationship of champion. So I'm sitting here playing with that on my notebook. And I wrote champion being the best, you know, what you do. I'm not being better than others. For me, it's about being the best of what I do. Um, and and two, be my best self. Two, uh, I wrote champion uh, to promote a cause, to champion a cause, right? So that's what I caught as my second. I'm like trying to predict where you're going with this. I'm like, all right, to promote. Yeah, that's awesome. To champion the cause. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to talk about it. And then you said champion being the defender. Um, you know, the, and, and, I, and that really hit me because I was like, huh. I overlooked that side of champion, but that's that's so aligns with my heart because number one, I'm a healer. Like that's my number one, I would say my number one character trait. Two, I'm a protector through and through. Um, as a protector, I'm a defender. 
um, right? And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. So I got a little trio going on with the, the championship thing, that promote aspect also, um, you know, I, I caught on to. So I appreciate you putting that down. What What's your vision for you, Kurt, uh, Mike? And, and let's start, like, what is what do you think's on the horizon for you over the next couple of years? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm in this season of of moving, you know, out of the fitness industry a little bit, and so I, like I said, you know, uh, I've sold uh, my Anytime Fitness franchises, so I was in the fitness space and the gym space for a long time, and decided to ultimately sell my gyms. I still work with a lot of gyms all over across the country with Gym Growth Experts, my company, um, but really over the last couple of years, God's been calling me as I've you know, hit, you know, past the 40 mark. I'm, I'm 42 years young, I like to say, uh, where it's like, what's the second half of my life going to look like? And how can I take, you know, the last 20 years or so of, you know, uh, business, of life, of marriage, and ultimately, you know, serve a greater purpose? And so, you know, my wife and I were super passionate about pouring into, you know, marriages, helping people you know, earn more money because, you know, the reality is, is sometimes money gets a bad stigma, right? You know, it's not the, you know, it's, it's the love of money. It's not money, you know, that is the root of all evil, right? And so when we have more money, we're able to do things like fun water yards and be able to bless other people right. in our church. And so, you know, now my vision is just ultimately, how do I create the best version of Kurt Tucker that shows up every single day, you know, to champion, you know, his family, to champion his businesses, to champion the people that God's called me to come into their life and ultimately, you know, be their very best. So so every day, you know, that's really uh, when I wake up, I'm a 5 a.m. or Jackson. Within five minutes, I'm in a cold shower, you know, doing something right away that I don't want to do, you know, because let's let's face it. Um, I believe that we are tried to get conditioned to be, you know, comfortable. And when we're comfortable, we're not going to go out there and ultimately, you know, live out our full purpose. So every day from the moment I wake up, I'm challenging myself today. How am I going to get better? How am I going to have the best version of Kurt Tucker show up, you know, so that I can do all the things that God's created me, you know, to be? That's awesome. Well, great, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, there's a there's a derail I want to do. So um I want to move outside of the confines of Christianity a little bit yeah. um, and outside of the confines of, of even God and talk about, you know, and, and honor the fact that there's agnostics, there's atheists out there, there's, there's spiritual beings, people who, um, you know, have a different way of describing the universe and the, the pull and attraction that exists. Um, there's, <clears throat> there's a common, uh, there's a common complaint or a common view that that is quite valid, right? And that's, um, you know, let's. When I was on my mission, um, you know, the a constant view I ran into. I would ask people in Uruguay, um, you know, what what their what their background is, and they they'd say, "Oh, I'm I'm Catholic," um, you know, and and I and they'd try to wave me off, you know. Like, oh, cool, you know, like how is mass? I mean, I'd love to know, um, you know, and oh, we we didn't go to, we don't go to mass. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's a tradition, you know, it's part of our family heritage who we are. We don't, we don't need to talk to you. We already know about God, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'd say, oh no, that's okay. Um, I was like, in fact, my family's Catholic too. Um, my dad and my dad's side of the family and, you know, and they, they'd be a little bit caught off guard by that. Um, and it was, I'm not, again, this isn't the whole world, but this is what happened 90% of the time in my conversations with people. And I talked to a lot of people every day as they would then go, Hey, listen, if God were real, why are there so many wars? Why are there so many people hurting? Why do good people, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do babies die? You know, why, why is, why is all that? Why is there so much suffering in this world? And why are so many Christians doing the opposite of what they're, what they're talking about? Tough subject. Very tough. But that was, again, the core getting under the surface, you know, of, oh, I'm such and such label. Um, you know, it didn't matter if they said atheist or Catholic, etc. Uruguay is predominantly a Catholic uh, nation, sure. um, you know, and so it was it was a common trigger. This is not an attack on Catholicism. This is not an attack on any label. 
It's about the underlying surface realities that, that are there, right? So what, why are we as Christians so bad at following our beliefs, so to speak, from that outside perspective? Why, why are we such hypocrites? What, what's going on with that? Yeah. How do we make room for both sides of the equation of the, of the, of the fight on this, so to speak? Yeah. And that's a great question. Number one. And, and I would say, you know, Jackson, um, it's a battle of good and evil. It's free will, you know, and, you know, for me, it's one of those things where um, saying yes, you know, to Jesus as a Christian, you know, in my opinion is, is the easy thing to do, right? Cause that's just a one, you know, time decision. It's really the process of yeah. what we call sanctification, the, the discipline. Before you go into that sanctification, if I'm in a room with, a hundred Christians and everybody said, yes, 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 yes. And they all look at me and say, what about you? It is not easy to say no, <laughs> right? My entire family is a certain religion. Yes, 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 yes. And they look at me. What about you? You know, it is not easy to say. It's so much easier to conform and say, I think it's very, very valid. Let's talk about the sanctification. I love that, Kurt. Thank yeah. you. What about sanctification? What does that mean? Yeah. So, so sanctification is, is literally the way I look at it is it's a process of becoming more like Christ, you know? So obviously for me, you know, when I said yes to Jesus, that was a game changer for me. And Jackson, uh, the, the first thing I like to say to somebody is that I didn't understand everything when I said yes to Jesus. All I really know for me is that where I was at at that time in my life, where literally, um, you know, I just bankrupted my family uh, I'm a sex addict, drugs, alcohol, house foreclosed, cars repossessed, on food stamps, on the verge of a divorce, literally just ready to give up. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, I did was I, I began to start going to a church because I'm like, I don't know, you know, what else to do. Right. And, and the reason why I went there is because one of my coaches that I grew up with uh, was in baseball when I was like 13. Uh, was a pastor. And I said, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to check this place out. Uh, it wasn't one of those churches where they were, you know, hitting you over the head with a Bible. It was very, you know, just come as you are, wear your jeans, wear your t-shirt, wear, yeah, everybody's welcome type of deal. And what I began to start seeing, Jackson, you know, was, you know, there was people that I began to start to connect with that their life was different. Now, obviously, if we walk into any church, you know, as I like to say, you know, a church is not a saint, you know, a place for the saint. It's a hospital for sinners. So yeah. everybody should be welcome no matter what it is. But for me, the guys that I begin to connect with, you know, there was something different about them. You know, there was something different about their marriages. I, I was introduced and I feel so thankful to some, uh, some entrepreneurs and I was an entrepreneur, right? Some guys that would be real and raw with me and say, hey, I struggle with pornography. I struggle with this addiction, you know, I struggle with marijuana, all the things that I was dealing with. And they didn't make me feel guilt and shame about it. Mm -hmm. They just made me realize how they overcame it and how I had this power in me that I didn't even understand and how I should just start reading a proverb a day. How if you just read that, regardless of looking at it as a, a religious book, but just the wisdom of reading a proverb a day, because I was already a guy who was reading books and all those things that I could just get wisdom to apply to my life and my marriage and my business. And that's where I started at. And that was a game changer, you know, for me. So I can only go by experience, you know, as far as my own story and what yep. happened to me and why I became such a believer, because through making these changes, you know, fruit begun, you know, to come, as we like to say, my life began to change, you know, and I think when you begin to start having some success, whether it's in, you know, in this context or in, in your business, when, when, when you have a high level entrepreneur that says, hey, if you started doing this and this and this in your business and all of a sudden you double, triple your income, you're going to be a believer. You're going to be like, man, I need to do more of this. And I think that is the process from a, from a spiritual standpoint, from a Christian standpoint of sanctification, where when we begin to do things, we begin to become more like Jesus and we have this fruit in our life. And the greatest fruit for me, by the way, Jackson, was peace. It wasn't money. It wasn't my marriage. It, it was just that I had this peace about me that I felt like, man, I was looking forward to life every single day where before I wasn't. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd caution the audience to be careful to of associating your external gains with your internal transformations. Um, at the end of the day, you know, the God, God controls those external gains, uh, much like Job's situation where, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing everything right. Apparently that's what the story says is he was doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And yet everything was going wrong on the surface to the point where his friends and his friends doubted him and said, what are you doing wrong, man? You're, you're screwing this up. And his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so a lot of times we do associate the external blessings and realities as something that we've earned by our righteousness, you know, or by mm-hmm. our faithfulness. And we end up often falling into a trap um, where we, we don't see fully yet. I don't want to steal the thunder of the 99% of, of things that I heard and what you said where I'm like, man, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. I want to also shift gears and say that I'm one of those lucky, fortunate people who has one of the best moms in the entire world. So mm-hmm. as, as you're talking about, about God being there for us, uh, in terms of your friends said, study Proverbs, one, one verse a day. Just do that one little verse, right? It reminds me of a baby you know, like just, just drinking a little bit of milk, right. Each day. Um, and then eventually that baby grows and things happen and change. Right. And I imagine myself, what do I up to my mom right now? I was like, Hey mom, will you carry me? Um, you know, I'm a 36 year old man. Oh, uh, you know, how, how is my mom going to do that? Right. And would it be in my best interest for her to do that? No, no, yeah. it would not yet. I can almost guarantee you if I became disabled tomorrow permanently, my mom would push my wheelchair. Mm, my mom funny. would take care of me again. And she would help me figure out what that rehab process and that physical therapy process looks like. And as an, a very imperfect parent, as we all are, right, we would still you know, do things like that for our children. And that's God, right? It doesn't matter if we are a baby in infant form, right? Or if I'm working on something today, I got my own baby aspects today that I need to work through. And God makes grace. He makes space for me to be able to take one step at a time towards that. You know, even though I'm that 36 year old macho alpha man who's supposed to have it all figured out and I don't. Um, and again, you you shed light on a subject that's, that's near and dear to my heart. And that's that no matter where you're at on your path, right, you can take positive steps. But if you're at the stage where you're supposed to be walking for yourself, do not go ask your father to carry you through this life, we have a duty and a responsibility for ourselves to ourselves to, to use our strength and to strengthen it where we can. Let's talk about the worst leadership experience ever. So uh, what is what is your worst leadership experience ever? What does that look like, Kurt? That's a great question. Um, you know, I have a saying, all leadership begins with self-leadership. And so, you know, I would probably say, you know, for me, um, the worst leadership is just, you know, during that season of life where, you know, I just I didn't lead my own family. You know, right. It's it's one of those things where, um, you know, I just I realize it's like, hey, listen, you know, like um, it, let's just look at it financially. You know, it's like, hey, if if I can't even take care of my own family financially, how am I supposed to be a blessing to others, whether it's to to the church, to the single mom that I want to help because my mom was a single mom, you know, uh, whether it's to a water yard or whatever. And and I think that most of us, especially us men, um, sometimes it's difficult to do things for us. And so we need to find something else that's going to drive us, that's going to motivate us, like your family, like, you know, maybe, you know, your church. You know, when we talk about the water project, funding that that water yard, that was a motivator for me to go out and do what I didn't want to do because I knew that there was somebody depending upon me and my commitment. And, and I think when you talk about commitment, that's probably the one thing that holds people back. I, you know, uh, I heard it said that, you know, most people are looking for courage to get started and the courage isn't coming. But once <laughs> you get committed, then all of a sudden the courage comes you know, and you begin to get into, into action. So I think the worst leadership, you know, experience for me is just that time in my life where I wasn't stepping up and being the man that God created me to be, that my habits, my rituals, you know, the things that I was doing in that time were, 
were less than, were, were subpar. And the moment that I decided to raise my standards and to get around people that were doing life at a higher level, that were going to hold me accountable, which is what you know, my brotherhood is all about and champion builders. It's about men that are saying, hey, listen, I'm not going to let you continue to do life at this level because there's a new level, you know, that you can go in your marriage and your business or, or whatever. So so for me, man, it's just looking back in that season of 2006 to eight and saying never again. You know, there was so much pain that was created there, uh, but I'm grateful and thankful for that experience. Uh, because as I like to say, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback, right? You know, so without me going through that season of life, you know, you know, without me having a dad that was in and out of prison, without me going through the financial struggles of bankruptcy, without me going through those struggles in my marriage, I'm not the man of God. I'm not the husband. I'm not the father. I'm not the leader that I am today. So I'm grateful, you know, for that. But I can tell you that, um, I don't want to go through that again. So therefore I don't behave that way anymore. <laughs> uh, man, that, that hits way close to home, uh, way close to home and, and to shed it, you know, just to, again, really to extend the foundation of what you've laid there. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, on my side, you know, it takes two to tango in a marriage and on my side, I was not the tango partner I needed to be. Hmm. I lost my marriage. I had made my choices. I made my own bed with that. And you mm -hmm. talk about this um, doing enough, right? Right, doing what we're, we're supposed to. I, I thought I was. It was justifying the fact that I was, and it took a lot of pondering and a lot of five mile walks, listening to scriptures, um, listening to motivational speeches as well. You know, studying out lots of concepts, and uh, I came to this realization. That again, my, go back to the baby concept, right? Baby comes into this life. That's the most pure thing that you can think of with the most protected, incubated process. And yet they're fighting every day for what they need. They yeah. need fed. They need food. You know, they, they need water. They need water. They need all the things that they need. They need sleep and they need to be protected. And it's an uphill battle for the sake of their strength. And that uphill battle doesn't stop. It continues. We are in a river floating floating down the stream and our goal is upstream we have to we have to be willing to paddle our boats faster than the current yep. i was paddling but i was joyriding too mm. i would dive into my scriptures once in a while or i would i would go to church i would use strengths that i had but i wasn't strengthening myself i wasn't doing enough workout for gains i was doing just enough workout to show i was in the gym for myself but I was losing and losing and losing. And it wasn't, again, I had to, I had to eat some humble pie in life in order to make that shift. And at the same time, I got to, right. It's, it's board choice. It's recognizing, you know, God was doing for me what I needed in order to listen, in order to figure out what was going to be best for my gains. And so I, I honor you for sharing the, the realities of the, the struggles that exist there. And again, helping us, helping us dive into those lessons, remind ourselves of what we can do to ultimately uh, move forward. So I was in that worst leadership boat with you, my friend. Mm. What about the, um, what's your best leadership experience ever? Ooh, man, um, I would say my best leadership experience uh, was the, was the day that I met um, my coach, Jay. You know, uh, because, you know, that was the day that that uh, somebody finally grabbed a hold of me and showed me, you know, uh, as we talk about, you know, vision, what life could be like, you know, and, and that's why I'm such a believer that I believe that everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs a champion. Right. Uh, because once again, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know based upon, you know, how I grew up. Right. I was limited you know, based upon my own mindset, uh, because our mindset, our belief systems are shaped by our past experiences, by our by the things that we've read. Well, let's just be honest. The things that I had read prior to that weren't things that I began to read after I got a new vision for my life. Right. Like we're always looking right. for things that are going to support, you know, our belief systems. Right. So, um, you know, for me, that new leadership example, that new leadership experience of having somebody come in who was 
an incredible man of God. That was a great husband. Was a great father. Was a successful entrepreneur. Both his kids played basketball at Ivy League schools on scholarships. Right, like he he was embodying what I would define as a champion leader and a champion builder. And so when the first thing that he did was help me create a new vision for my life and understand my mission and my purpose that I was overthinking, you know, you don't have to go to a three-day seminar to figure out what your mission is, what your purpose is uh, in life. Uh, it clearly states it for me uh, at the end of Matthew. It's, it's, I'm a part of the great commission, you know, I mean, Jesus said to go and make disciples. I just changed that, make disciples and to build champions. That's it. Yep. You know, I took those two words and said, modernized it. I'm just going to take everything and say, hey, I, I can do this. I can use these gifts. I can use these talents, these experiences that I've been through. And I can make sure that I can help the next man, you know, rise above. Maybe some won't have to go through those things that I went through and some at least I can help them after they did go through it, go to the next level. So, so that leadership, you know, he, he made me realize that, that, you know, to, to break that simple leadership word down and, and not complicate it and basically just say, Hey, Kurt, listen, all leadership is, is self-leadership. If you can begin to learn how to lead the man in the mirror, you know, then, Hey, if you begin to not negotiate with your commitments, with the things that you said you were committed to, right? I, I use that word a lot, uh, you know, Jackson, committed, yeah. because I believe that everything is going to rise and fall on your commitment. You know, uh, if I wake up today and it's and I'm committed to loving my wife and honoring her and working out and working my business, but I just don't feel like it, I know now to say, hey, look, I don't live based upon my my feelings. My feelings will lie to me. You know, but if I live based upon my commitments and what I said I was going to do, ultimately there's going to be a different outcome. So he really taught me that leadership is nothing more than self-leadership. And if I could learn to, to lead myself, to manage myself better every single day, not trying to be perfect. Tony Robbins says it's not about, you know, perfection. It's about progress. If every day I can just get a little bit better. Uh, so that for me was the best leadership experience example, if you will, is just having somebody who was ahead of me you know, take what I felt was complicated and really break it down and make it simple for me so I could execute it. And that was a game changer for me. Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I appreciate about you too, Kurt, is you have these quotes that are so quotable and it comes from, it comes from refinement in your own meditation processes. I, I'm projecting a little bit, but, uh, I know it's not easy to come up with concise statements that resonate mm. the, to the depth that some of yours do. Um, you know, that doesn't just happen on a whim. Um, if that's it does. That's discipline, Jackson. If you, yep. if you see if on does, camera. Because you got to the Shakespeare level. Go ahead. Yeah. If you see on camera behind me, I have about 13 years of journals from mm -hmm. really every single morning. Uh, you know, I spend time, you know, in devotion and meditation and visualization and writing down and and i think i'm on journal number 42 you know where you know every day you know and a lot of times when men ask me like what do you journal that journal is where i put every goal every vision uh every devotion you know what god's speaking to me when i go on a business trip and i'm taking notes in a seminar uh when my wife and i and our family go on a vacation yeah. and we're traveling home on the plane i write down all the magic moments and maybe i'll put a ticket in my journal of that game that we went to with my son, just all those things that I've captured over the last 13 years that I've created as a discipline of, of my life that has absolutely been a game changer. So it's, I've been very intentional about that, that discipline in my life. Love it. Absolutely. Um, we, we share the habit. It's, um, it's definitely something that, you know, if anybody, if there's anybody finds value in, in what I say or conciseness, or I do good at this podcasting and people feel that way, I would agree. It has a lot to do with the amount of time that I spend journaling, documenting, um, you know, and, and studying things out. One of the things I'm going to be studying out this week um, and, and reflecting more on is your position on on feelings. And I, I don't want to box you and I know it's not a permanent position. Um, you know, there's context and nuance to everything that's shared as well. Um, again, visionaries, you're in the moment though. Um, and so again, is this, 
there's this validation and agreement with a guest, right? You got two paradigms coming together as this mutual respect. And part of the mutual respect too, is the ability to, to debate, the ability to agree to disagree, the ability to um, share that, to, to mold and realize we're both going to learn after this call too, um, you know, and, and keep going and building that relationship. So visionaries who are listening in, especially podcasters out there, um, if you're a podcaster and you're a yes man, people can tell. I'm um, just going to say that. I'll just leave it right where it's at. Um, and if you see the opportunity to to try what, what you're doing when you argue with somebody in, in a state of love, not in contention, is you're trying to showcase your own desire to understand, mm-hmm. your own desire to grasp the concept um, and, and see like wait, what's here, what, where's the truth in the matter. So I would I would challenge that and from my own growing up in paradigm, the idea that the commitment and the logic trumps the feelings is a masculine behavior. Um, and it's, it's an, it's an idea that's 100% valid that the logic and the commitments matter. And I would include the space for the gift of feelings too. Um, and when our heart and our mind align, for me, that's the only time I have an absolute certainty that an answer is from God um, is when those two things align. I know that nothing else can make my heart and mind align. He's the only thing. And that's where peace comes into play. And when I get an answer in my heart or I get an answer in my mind, it could be from God. But there's also another level of influence that comes in and that wants us to see things a certain way. I see a lot of women out there. Um, and again, uh, feminine uh, men who are more feminine in nature that that move towards their feelings and um you know i have certain family members as well we probably all have them the woman in our life who falls in love with some man and she's so head over heels over him and she's got all these feelings and emotions and it's wonderful and she prays about it and she gets that confirmation she knows this is the best thing ever and and everybody in her life is telling her logically like you're missing this red flag you're missing that she's got these rose colored glasses on that's why they have labels for this stuff because it happens so often to so many people and they ignore the logic they ignore the commitments the realities to the disciplines and they find themselves in an extremely abusive relationship wondering why god led them to that, that reality. On the flip side, men who love to say, yeah, uh, my gut's telling me they don't want to admit the heart. (laughs) They don't want to talk about the feelings. It's my gut. It's not my heart. That's fine. Whatever. It's semantics. Um, but they oftentimes ignore that. It's, it's a no brainer. You hear words like that. It's a no brainer. You know, it's, it's the absolute, it's the logical thing to do. And they take this business transaction or they do something uh, according to the logical plan. Uh, I can find it. I don't need a map. Um, right. That's the common one that people love to joke about. And they find themselves sitting on the curb wondering why the no brainer um, ended up being the thing that made absolutely zero and no sense. Um, they ignored that that hunch. They ignored that that feeling out there. And I'm not, I'm not saying again, masculine, feminine, and where all that, uh, you know, there's, I don't want to get into that debate. The heart and the mind both exist. Um, There's superpowers with both. And as we strive to be our best selves and, and take these concepts, internalize them, we will have, we will orient our compass with, with more precision. And that's what my goal is going to be. Now that you talked about what you talked about, Kurt, um, again, it's a, it's a gift to me that as I do my meditations, I can go think and ponder about our conversation and say, God, Kurt gave me this, um, you know, help me to look at this even further. And then as brother to brother, I can always call you up, um, you know, and say, Kurt, let's, let's dive deep. Where'd you get this resource? Where'd you learn this? You know, how'd you come to this conclusion? If we study these concepts out beyond the call, beyond, beyond the podcast, that's where the true gains come from. It's not me and Kurt. We're not your, you know, we're not your gurus to, to copy Tony Robbins, Netflix. Uh, we're, we're not the guru. It's, it's your higher power, whatever you call it. It's your opportunity to take this to the universe, to God and say, what can I learn from the conversation that I just happened to, to overhear? Mm-hmm. Kurt, if you had to share, um, if you had one opportunity to share one more powerful lesson, and this was it, you had no other, another opportunity after it. What powerful lesson would you share with visionaries that they can learn from your experience so far? Mm. Um, 
Well, you know, you, a lot of the things that you just talked about, Jackson, right? Um, uh, when you mention, you know, heart and you, you mentioned mind, um, you know, actually, you know, when we look at scripture, one of my favorite verses has always been trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. Right. And, and the context of heart really embodies the full man or woman, for that matter. It's, it's really your heart is your mind. It is your spirit. It is, it is your body. It's everything that you encompass. And um, and I think for me, uh, I don't know any other way how to lead somebody than to <clears throat> based upon my experience. And so I believe that no matter what somebody's background is, um, you know, religion, you know, whatever the case scenario is, man, love is foundational, you know, right? You know, and I believe that, um, you know, for me uh, or for the people who are listening, the moment that we just begin to love who we see in the mirror, when we begin to realize the gift that we have called life, uh, I like to say I like to live life as like an adventure, Jackson. Like, you know, if you if you recall back when we were like in second grade and you woke up and that day you were you were going on a field trip that day. Like you were more excited that day than any other day. Right. And you didn't know where you were going. You know, you didn't know anything about it, but you just were amped up. You were excited about life. And that's the way I try to live every single day when I wake up within 60 seconds of waking up, Jackson, walking in the mirror and just putting my hand on my heart and just saying, good morning, Kurt Tucker. I love you. You're a champion. Ah, I love that. And, um, and so I just, I would want to encourage it, any visionary, you know, anybody, because we're all living out the vision that we have for ourselves. And, you know, I would encourage every person who's listening to us, the number one, increase your vision, to begin to believe bigger, to begin to realize that it's possible, but that, you know, the moment that you begin to you know, love yourself daily and commit to just being your best. And, and trust me, you're going to have failures along the way. Like you said, that's just part of the journey. That's part of the beautiful process of life. You know, right. You know, that ultimately that will lay a foundation for for you, you know, to experience what I believe that, you know, we were we're here to experience, which is you know, a champion life. So anyhow, I just want to encourage oh, people man. to love, love themselves first. And, you know, it's huge. I love what you said. Uh, and, and so for so many reasons, the, the greatest um, feeling that comes to my heart and mind is you talk, you know, being your best, right? And, and being able to be your best at what you do. Well, what do you do? If you're practicing your virtues, right? Or if you're attentive to the virtues, one of the things that you can do is, you know, as you're being, as you fail to be your best self on a day, can you be your best at forgiveness in that moment? Yeah. Right. Can you forgive yourself fully? Can you be your best at grace in that moment so that you can rebound fast rather than allow guilt and shame to hold you back and hold you down? Right. One of the most important concepts in my life is my ability to forgive myself. And, and move forward and allow myself, empower myself to go back towards the the actions that I need to take, the commitments that I need to take. Kurt, I'm a huge fan of the word as well. Um, commitments, it's big. When I was at Flow Research Collective for a short amount of time, uh, loved the brand, loved the company, had a great time, had a partnership, moved on fast because of that partnership. And uh, that one of the gentlemen that wrote an article there, his name was Troy, he wrote this article on loving yourself. Um, you know, and, and finding self-love and giving yourself a hug, um, you know, and telling yourself, I love you, um, you know, kissing yourself on the shoulder, um, you know, and, and I was like, whoa, this is woo-woo to the max, you know, like so many people would be uncomfortable with this. And that was me projecting that I'm uncomfortable with this, sure. uh, you know, but I was like, I'm, I'm still, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm, I'm going to embrace this, um, not for the sake of becoming narcissistic. Um, again, self-love, healthy love is an important step often towards, I, I think it's an important step towards recognizing how to love others um, as well. And uh, there's anyway, lots of, lots of opportunity and, and time to, but you, again, you triggered and you sparked um, these memories of opportunities to continue to learn from the fountain of, of life that I've had. I'm sure some of you out there as well I've had this, I've had promptings about memories and things that you've had. We'd love to see you share those 
um, in the comments if, if you'd be so willing. We'd also love if you have any questions, um, you know, that that you have for Kurt, drop them in the comments as well. We'll make sure that, that he receives those. Um, and you're always welcome to reach out to him. Uh, Champion Builders, I love what you're building, Kurt. We got 8 billion people on this planet to help. Um, and one of the best ways is to empower the other champions out there, everybody, right? To step into that role and opportunity of, of helping and you're being a leader of leaders to help move that forward. I love your mission. I love your vision. I love what you're up to, brother. It's amazing. The other aspect, visionaries, if somebody's come to mind during this, if a story of somebody came to mind, or if you thought of somebody, wow, they want it, they should hear that. It's probably not going to be the, oh, so-and-so should hear this. That's usually, God's not usually there to have you preach at people. Um, but you may have thought of somebody tagging them with a message of gratitude on, on, a, on a talking, on a talk like this could be a very important catalyst to their life to feel better on the day, to feel appreciated, to feel like they belong. So that's an opportunity to uplift people. It not only feels good um, and and builds your virtues out, uh, it's it's going to help them in tremendous ways. Our small when when Steve Jobs, when I saw the movie Jobs, and he said, "I want to make an impact. I want to make a dent in the universe." My immediate thought was, "I do that every day." Mm-hmm. There's no ego associated with that reality. Sure. When we go out there and we help people and, and we, we do something simple like saying hi to somebody or uh, giving a water bottle uh, to somebody that you see on the street corner or whatever, you're making a dent in the universe. And I hope we remember to, to take uh, simple actions like that because I know it'll bless all of our lives. Kurt, anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, it's just been it's been an honor, man. I, I I love what you're doing. I believe in the word vision. It's so powerful. And uh, so it's just been awesome to to come on here and uh, hopefully to pour into the people that tune into your podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, they can they can find me at KurtDTucker.com. I've got all my stuff on there all over social media as well. And um, just uh, grateful for the opportunity to be on today with you, brother. Absolutely. Vision pros, again, don't hesitate. If you feel inspired to apply, please do. And if you know somebody who has a vision, you're like, man, I wish I want to see them on stage. I want to hear them dive into the depths of their wisdom and their mentorship, then invite them to come and to come not subscribe, I'm sorry, to come and apply to be on the show. We would love to promote their visions that are holistic, that are all about growth, that are all about helping us all progress in this life. And everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. We'll see you on the next show. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent